Good morning, again. <clears throat> that was a good song, wasn't it? Jesus Christ, my living hope. Wow, fun. Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 12, because uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about trusting that God that we just sang about. And trusting God enough to not worry is what Luke 12 talks about. And we're going to look at that. <clears throat> killing worry is hard to do. I wish killing worry was as easy as killing brain cells. Remember growing up, I, I was thinking back to all the times my mom said, you're, gonna, you're killing brain cells, you're going to kill brain cells with the various things I, I did. I, whether it was sucking helium from helium balloons or keeping my Jeep running while I worked on it in the garage or, I don't know, a wide variety, trying to hang upside down and see how long I could hang upside down. And, and I remember my mom, you're, you're killing brain cells. And I think she was saying, you don't have any to spare, so stop. <laughs> but I, I, I wish that somebody would at some point, tell me over and over again, you're killing worry. Stop. You know, but I don't hear that. Or fat cells. I would love to hear that one too. But um, they just hide. They don't really go away, I guess. Um, but worry is the same way, I think. It's hard to kill worry. I think worry hides. We hide it well. We're good at hiding it. But how do we kill worry? Over the last two weeks... <clears throat> Um, think, about, think about this. You don't have to self-identify, but how many of you have, have worried about something in the future? Yeah, you think about that. In the last two weeks, how many of you have, have, have disengaged from something you were doing long enough to think or dread or worry about something that was coming? Either a conversation you had to have or a bill you had to pay or a job you had to do or or something, we worry all the time. It, it's, it's, almost like we, it's almost like we do it naturally. It's almost like it comes naturally. <clears throat> you know, how many times have, in the last two weeks have, have, have you been, been short or feisty about how somebody was Treating something of yours, your car or your, don't drive it that way, or your, your phone or your TV or your remote or your clothes. Why are you wearing my shoes again? Or whatever. We worry about a lot of stuff. And what I want us to learn today is we're going to discover that trusting God is better than worry. And you might say, that's dumb. Of course it is. No, but when we choose not to trust God, we choose to worry. Like there, there's, we really only have two options in life, and that's what Luke 12 talks about. We, it's really simple. We have two options. I either choose to trust God, or I choose to trust something other than God. Myself, other people, my possessions, but all of those let me down, and then I worry. See, it's, it's, it's crazy, but simple. The problem is trusting God is hard. 
It's not natural. It's countercultural. And it's against everything that America tells me that I should just make something happen. I should try harder. Choose myself, right? Bet on number one. Today we're going to look at two areas in which we need to trust God. And the first one is about our future. And the question I pose is, do you trust God with your future? You see, most of what we worry about is future. And ultimately, most of what we worry about never ever happens, except that we worry. So the first one, do we trust God with our future? Jesus is talking here in, in Luke 12. And we're going to read a passage from from Luke 12, beginning with verse 22. And what I want to point out, I I did highlight some words in here. And I highlighted the the tense of the verbs because they're future. Because worry oftentimes happens in the future. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Here, Here's what he says. Um, Verse 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens, this bird. They do not sow or reap. They have no storehouses or barns. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Verse 27 says, Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these flowers. If, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. And do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. So here's what what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying a couple couple key things. And I I wrote down two, but there's, there's really three worry is a trust in God issue. Okay? Worry is a trust in God issue. I only worry because I choose not to trust in God. And what's crazy is I know all about God. I know in my head all about God. I know how big God is. I know the, what the Bible says about God. I, I understand that he is capable. I've seen his capabilities in a small scale in my life. I've seen his capabilities in a huge scale in the Bible. I, I've seen it. But it's a trust in God issue. And I think the disciples were wrestling with that. I, I think they were wrestling with this tangible Okay, yeah, but, but eating and, 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 and clothes. And, and Jesus was saying, ah, I, think, I think you're forgetting one little piece, God. And I think that's what I do too. Do, you know, I, I think, you know, do, I, do I not trust his love? Is that it? Do I not trust his, 
strength? Do I not trust who he is? I mean, Jesus slams his disciples when he says, you have little faith. He's kind of like, I know you guys. You, you have an itsy bitsy bit of faith. And he smacks them. I'm like, ooh. Well, misery loves company. At least, at least I'm with the disciples. But why worry? I think it's a trust in God issue. And, and I know that, that there are times when I waffle back and forth, and there are some times when I'm strong in faith and, and lack of worry. I, I'm strong in dependence on God. And there are, there are other times when I don't look like the same person because I'm whimpering in the fetal position of worry. And I'm sure God's saying, what, Brett, what, what happened? I wonder if sometimes this, this worry and trusting God issue really hinges on what I feel like I'm worth to Jesus. And I forget what I'm worth to Jesus. I, I forget that he died. We just celebrated communion. We just celebrated that Jesus died for us. That he shed his blood. Well, in my moments of worry, in my moments of not trusting God, I surely have forgot all that he laid on the line for me. And I begin to wonder what I'm worth to Jesus. Jesus says this twice in these verses. He uses the phrase, how much more? He, he looks at the birds first and he, he, he shows how God takes care of them and he says, how much more? And then he looks at the flowers and he, he, he shows how much attention God gives to them and he says, how much more? You're worth way more than flowers. <laughs> You're worrying, but, but Why? I think that's why God says in the Bible, verses like, I will never leave you or forsake you. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Pray without ceasing. I am a strong tower. The righteous run into me and they're safe. How much more than the birds? How much more than the flowers? I think that I forget I'm a child of God. As a follower of Jesus, we're sons and daughters of God. And yet I worry because I forget that he loves me or I don't focus on that. And I forget he can be trusted and I, at least I'm not focusing on that. I think the second lesson in these verses, not, not only is, is, is worry a, a lack of trust in God, but worry doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. It won't provide enough bread for the birds. It won't put color in the flowers of the petals. Verse 25, he says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Jesus said to his disciples, How much more? Are you valuable to me? But, but even, even if you do choose to worry, it doesn't work. Worry robs us of joy and offers us nothing in return. I 
Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And some of us worry about worrying. Now, I I think there's a healthy concern in life, and I I don't think Jesus is attacking that. But I, I I think he is talking about this obsession of worry. And the problem is a mindset. A mindset that dismisses God out of, out of everything and focuses only on the worry and anxiety. Worry is a state of mind where God is distrusted or discounted. It's a state of mind where God is distrusted or discounted. What I mean there is he's either distrusted, like I don't trust him enough to actually be able to handle this, or I discount the fact that he cares enough that he will. And both of those aren't, aren't good. So when we worry, what should we do? So how do you get rid of worry? I think there's an antidote. And I think, I think the antidote is prayer. I think the antidote is prayer. I, I think that's very simple, but it's not simple. But I think that prayer demonstrates a trust and dependence on God that he is looking for. Um, That's why Paul wrote in Philippians 4, he wrote these verses, Do not be anxious, you could say worry, about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So here's what he says. Okay, when I'm about to worry, I need to... Talk to God. I need to pray. Okay, so, so that's step number one. When I'm about to worry, I need to pray. When I'm about to worry, somebody should say to me, okay, but have you prayed about it? No, I just want to worry. Okay, um, so when I'm about to worry, pray. And here's what Paul says. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, you, you won't be able to figure out. You can't understand it. It's from God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, instead of worry, I need to pray. And when I do pray, God will give us peace. Now, Paul goes on to give us verse 8 in this passage. And verse 8 gives us a little help on, okay, so if I'm not going to put my mind on things that cause me to worry, what should I think about instead? And, and this is a replacement principle. Think on these things. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's the list. My mom made me memorize this verse when I was in junior high. She understood that my mind was going to think about things that were not on this list. And she knew what God said about what I should be thinking about. And so she said, what you need to do is you need to memorize this verse. It was actually all the verses, but this one also. And you need to think about the things that are right and pure and lovely and true and admirable. And if I find you thinking about other things and I say, what are you thinking about? And you say, I say, is that on the list? No. Well, why are you thinking about it? Killing brain cells. 
Think on these things. Every time I make a choice to pray, instead of worry, I demonstrate my trust in God. So every time I find myself worrying, I need to ask myself, have I prayed about it yet? Have I prayed about it yet? I wonder if Jesus was saying that to his disciples. And I, I also think that it's valuable to, to define what I worry about most. Like, am I worrying most about finances? Am I worrying most about physical? Am I worrying most, you know, about success or failure? Am I, am I worrying most about relational stuff? Like, if I could identify what I'm worrying most about, I can target that in prayer. Now, there's a second antidote. The first one is prayer. The second one is getting other people to pray for you. So, my first antidote to worry is I need to pray. My second antidote to worry is I need to get other people to pray for me. Think, think about the, the power of an entire small group praying every day for you because they know that you are really struggling with worrying about this, whatever the this is. And you've got a band of people banging on God's door daily for you saying, and I pray that you would help so-and-so because whatever. What, what, a, what a blessing. But what a strong pull away from worry. Doesn't mean there won't be struggles. I I mean, I, I know that many of you know the Psalm 23, verse 4, where, where it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I, I, I'm not a Pollyannist. I wouldn't say that nothing bad is ever going to happen. We just never have to worry about anything. I realize we live in a terrible world. I realize there are terrible people. I realize there are terrible things. I get it. But David did too. And he said, oh yeah, I'm going to go through the terrible stuff, but not alone. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The fact that I have a group of people praying, they comfort me. The fact that I can pray and not worry about anything, but pray about everything, what a comfort. Now, some of you here today are wondering, oh, Craig Rochelle, um, he's another pastor, he, he, said, he said this phrase about worry. Fear or worry is placing your faith in the what-ifs rather than the God is. I end up in worry when I place my faith in the what-ifs. What could happen? What's going to happen? I wonder if, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Oh, no, and what if, and what if, and what if, instead of... God is. That's, that's how I get there. Maybe how you get there. Probably how the disciples got to worry. Now, some, are, some of us sitting here today are saying, I wonder if I'm a worrier. I don't think I am. I wonder if I am. I'll, I'll tell you how, how you can know. There are certain areas of my life I know that I do better at not worrying than, than other areas and trusting God more in certain areas than others. So here's a test that helps us determine whether we trust God with our future. 
And it's this. Do you trust God with your possessions? Do I trust God with my possessions? Jesus is the one who brought this up. It wasn't me because he continues reading, uh, talking in, in Luke 12. Uh, here's what he says, verse 31. Seek first the kingdom of God, his kingdom, and, and these things will be given to you as well. So seek first God's kingdom. What does that even mean? Well, maybe it means that I, I have possessions, but I need, to, I need to give special regard to God first with my possessions. And that's a biblical principle. The Bible talks a lot about first fruits and the first that you get, you give the first to God. Now we live in a weird, a weird time, a weird uh, spot. The first of everything we make, does that go to us? No. Does that go to God? <laughs> no. It goes to the government. The first that you get, the government gets it first. They guarantee that because they take it right out. So understanding that, that's the reality. We do have some choices to make, though, with what we do get. See, the government knows that the first comes out, and if it doesn't come out and get told what to do, they won't ever get it. So they get it. But then what do we do with what we get? Well, here's a plan. Here's a wise plan. And I think it's biblical. <clears throat> Give to others 10%. Give to myself savings 10%. Live on the rest. It's, it's very simple, very archaic. Let, let me talk about it. Live, um, so, so first 10%. Give to others. I believe God wants us to give away first. And, and I'm not even saying give to Bridgewater or give to church. I, I, if, if you believe, like I do, that, that God is using Bridgewater to make more and better disciples and, and it is working, go ahead. Give to God through Bridgewater. That's awesome. That's what my wife and I do, and we're, we're proud of that. But, but if you don't feel that way, give it somewhere else. Give it somewhere else. That's, that's fine. Just give it. Be generous. Oh, I couldn't do that. That's scary. I don't know. And then all of a sudden we start worrying about whether we could actually do it or not. See how worry creeps in? I worry about my future. I worry about my possessions. Give 10%. Save 10%. Live on 80%. It's a, a simple plan, but it's hard to do. I, I wrote this down. If, if you don't trust God, if, I, if we don't trust God with our possessions, we probably don't trust God with our future. And fear and worry will be the result. Seeking first his kingdom. Jesus is hitching, seeking God's kingdom to trusting God. So, so if, I, if I seek first the kingdom of wealth, then I'll be anxious with every dollar. I'll be anxious about every dollar. If I seek first the kingdom of health, then I will worry about every headache and every pain. And I will be Googling MD.com every day. If I seek first the kingdom of popularity, then I'll relive and agonize over every conversation and look I get from people. If I seek first the kingdom of safety, I'll stress over 
anything I can't control, which is just about everything. Worry and fear come when we seek anything else other than God because wealth and health and popularity and control, none of them are sure things. And eventually when we put our faith and trust in other things other than God, it fails. And then we worry. It's a guarantee. I put my faith in a person, they will fail me. I put my faith in a me, I will fail me. Not God. God doesn't fail. Trusting God with my possessions means giving them away. Verse 33, here's what, here's what Jesus said. So Jesus said, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for those for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts are with our treasures. You realize that? Your hearts and your treasures, they, they, they hitch together. I, um, I knew about foster care a few years ago. I, I knew about it. And I was, I was a fan. I was pro-foster care. I'm a fan. Yeah. I would give to foster care. My brother adopted a, or had a, a foster child and then adopted her and we applauded. We're like, yeah, that's really neat. So I knew about it. Nominally knew about it. But in June or July or whenever that was, when Lexington and Gabiana joined our family, foster care got my heart. And so I used to go by the foster care Christmas tree and pull off something and be like, yeah, okay, here's $20. Now that it has my heart, I want to buy Gabby and Lexington a Christmas tree full of cards. Like, I want to be at the store and, and like, it, it has my heart and my treasure follows my heart. Now I view foster care a little differently. See how that works? It works the same way with other things in life. Whatever you are passionate about. When I was passionate about sports cards and memorabilia, my treasure followed that. And I really wanted to have a Michael Jordan rookie card, and I really wanted to have a Peyton Manning autographed jersey. And I really wanted to have that 500 home run ball baseball that was signed by all the baseball players who had hit 500 home runs or more. My treasure follows my heart. Your treasures follow your heart. We put our treasure where our heart is, but I think often our heart also follows our treasure. Now, this is, America's awful at, at finances, and I, I mean, I, it's hard to learn a lesson on finances from, 
from America. I don't, I don't know if you... Um, so, so don't look around and see other people and say, oh, they're doing it right. I want to do it like that because America's pretty bad at this, okay, as, as far as following what God says. Um, in fact, just, just so you know, are the children down in the basement right now in kids' ministry, if they have a dollar to their name, they are worth more. Their net worth is higher than one-seventh of all American adults. If Jesse, he does, he's worth more than a dollar. Um, I saw a 20 sitting on his dresser. Um, so Jesse Bixby is worth more than one-seventh of all the American adults, adults net worth. Your kids downstairs, they have a dollar. Because one-seventh of America is underwater. And if you want to live like everyone else, then do what everyone else does. But if you want to live a life unlike everyone else, you must live unlike everyone else. And when it comes to trusting God and with our future and trusting God with our possessions, Jesus says, be generous. Don't worry, pray. Oh, and don't view your possessions very tight. Be generous. It's Christmas and a Christmas season. We have an opportunity to be generous. This, this invite card right here that you have, two of them. Um, pick, pick, pick it up, please, and, and pick it up, hold it. Here's, here's what I want to show you. All right, this, <clears throat> what's amazing about Bridgewater is Bridgewater goes, Bridgewater Vestal Campus, Bridgewater Vestal Campus will go as far as you take it. Bridgewater Vestal Campus will grow as fast as you take it. New people, first-timers coming in the door, will come in the door as fast as you bring them. Do you realize that? So this card right here, you want to be generous? Tell somebody who, invite somebody who may be heading for an eternity in hell that they can come and hear about Jesus. What else could you give them that would be better than that? This little card, it says, we have a Christmas Eve service on Thursday at 6 o'clock and on Friday at 4.30. You only have to come to one. It's a way to be generous. There's a lot of books out there on the, on the uh, table. We don't, we don't make money. Actually, every time you buy one, we lose money. But we know that that is valuable to the lives of children. That's a way to be generous. What else could you give that would be as valuable I mentioned fidget spinners last week. Yeah, so I could give two fidget spinners to Gabby or I could give her a rhyme Bible. And when she goes back with her family, she either carries two fidget spinners or she carries a rhyme Bible that could have a, an eternal impact in her life and the life of her family. Well, what am I going to do? Thank you. There's a simple... 
Um, a simple plan. 10% give away. 10% save it. 80% live on the rest. God does not want us to worry. Jesus did not want his disciples to worry. Apparently they were worrying about financial stuff. Apparently his disciples were worried about it. And Jesus took them aside and said, Oh, guys, you worry. Don't worry. Do you recognize how much our God in heaven loves us? Way more than we love ourselves. Do you recognize he has a plan? He, he loves you more than the birds. loves you more than the flowers. And Jesus said, don't, don't worry about stuff you can't control. You can't add an hour to your life. Be generous with what you have. It all came from God. We can't take it with us. Boy, it just changes perspective, doesn't it? Let me pray for us. Father, I, uh, I am really, really thankful that you, that you talk about money in the Bible. I, 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 I'm thankful that you do that because you give, us, you give me perspective and I need it. I, um, I know you've, you've blessed us here with, with way more than we deserve. Help us to remember that that all comes from you. And help us to desire to pass it on to others. Um, I, I pray specifically for Vestal Campus for, the, uh, for Christmas Eve services that are coming. And the Christmas series that starts next week. Father, I ask that you would bless this campus way beyond anything we deserve, way beyond anything we can imagine. I pray that you would use these little invite cards that we hand out to be the beginning step of you saving people from an eternity of, of hell. God, we, we want to see Vestal changed. We know you're the one who does that. It's not us. Help us, please. And I pray that we would not be gripped with worry, but help us to be men and women who pray first. In Jesus' name, amen.